0: One gal.
1: One actor.
0: And one year. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Kevin, Kevin Costner, Costner Project. Good afternoon, Greg.
1: Good afternoon, Kate.
0: That music that we started with was a little clip from something called
1: A Perfect World.
0: Yeah. The music was written by one Clint Eastwood.
1: I never knew he wrote anything.
0: Me neither. Just to see what the name of the song was, I made us watch the full credits, and up it popped. So that was Big Fran's Baby by Clint Eastwood. So I guess basically there's nothing that Clint Eastwood can't do.
1: I guess not. Well, we can say that about Kevin Costner, too.
0: We have said that about (laughs) Kevin
1: Costner. I'm feeling
0: very iffy about this movie, Greg.
1: All right, but I just had a thought. Um, Once we're done with Kevin Costner, are we going to get into uh, Clint Eastwood?
0: I can't watch all these shoot 'em up movies. It's too much testosterone for me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I can't possibly.
0: I'm sorry, Clint. I'm sure you're wonderful, but. You know, a girl can only watch so much Dirty Harry. We've just watched A Perfect World. Correct. We finished it maybe a half an hour ago. Roughly. I'm feeling so depressed right now that we figured we might as well talk about it while I'm having these feelings because, as Yana astutely pointed out, there's no point talking about it tomorrow and getting depressed tomorrow. She's wise for a 17-year-old. Okay, anyways, go ahead, Greg, give the people the info. All
1: right, so, Perfect World, rated R, from 1993. It's called a drama, and runs about 2 hours and 18 minutes, roughly. IMDb rated it a 7.5 out of 10, and Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 79, so roughly the same
0: IMDB is back They took a break last week If you remember Yeah Bodyguard Bodyguard They did not want to touch the bodyguard With a 10 foot pole Incidentally Now that we've watched it I'm telling you I hear Whitney Houston And music from that movie All over the place Today We drove to Wegmans In a blinding snowstorm To get some supplies Because I was out of caffeine And I was not sitting through I love you all But a snowstorm with no caffeine. And we got to Wegmans, and there's Whitney, singing I'm Every Woman. And I started dancing in the aisle, because I was basically alone at Wegmans. Nobody else was dumb enough to go out in this weather.
1: Well, I sat here in the house fretting, because you went out at a snowstorm.
0: See, even you weren't dumb enough to go out in a snowstorm. Okay, anyway, anyway. Kevin's role in A Perfect World was Butch Haynes. His first name was not Butch, it was Robert, Robert. but everybody called him Butch, Butch. Yes. Even when the cops were reading his file, they were
1: calling him Butch.
0: Who else was in a perfect world? The big heavy hitter.
1: Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. Of course he directed it, but he also
0: He doesn't need much of an introduction right. from us. Everybody knows who Clint Eastwood was. Exactly. Laura Dern. Most people probably know Laura Dern, but she's been in a lot of movies.
1: The Little Boy, uh, he went on to do a few other movies there.
0: Nothing super notable, though. He has grown up to be cute, though. Yes. Bradley Whitford, who I could have strangled with my bare hands, I'm basically pretty sure. And the guy that stood out for Greg.
1: Bruce McGill. He
0: was the sheriff in My Cousin Vinny, and now he's a big cheese with the governor's office in A Perfect World. So, yep. there you have it. Those were the main ones that stuck out to us.
1: Yep. All right, so...
0: Well, let's get down to it and talk about what was the basic plot of the movie.
1: Kevin Costner and another guy escaped from prison. Yeah. And so he kidnapped is, uh, a kid.
0: He's gone up the river for, I think, burglary or something? Like, it's not serious charges.
1: Well, it was like stealing a car.
0: Okay, and then the other guy was kind of a murderer or manslaughter. So they manage to get out. There's some bureaucrat that works at the prison. They carjack him, and they get out just fine and dandy. Then apparently the other guy, if we are to believe it, which I guess I wouldn't have any reason not to believe it, kills the guy from the prison, stuffs him in the trunk, and they are on their way. The other guy is a psychopath. Correct. And so he breaks into a house where a single mother and her three children are living. And he is basically probably preparing to rape her by the looks of how it's going down when the little boy, Philip comes out in his sleepy little face and his t-shirt, socks, and underwear. And it all goes south from there. Kevin Costner busts in diffuses. Yeah, diffuses the situation a bit. They take Philip as their hostage and go on the lamb from there. Clint Eastwood plays a Texas Ranger named Red and he's like kind of in chief pursuit of Butch and Philip. They do dispatch their other guy. He uh, turns out to be a bit of a pervert that yeah. Attempts to molest Philip, unfortunately, in a very uncomfortable scene and becomes the second guy that Butch has ever murdered. Laura Dern is a criminologist who has been sent by the governor to help Clint Eastwood track down Kevin right. Costner.
1: Basically knows all the history of Costner's background is and...
0: Or, or Butch's background in this case. Yes. We should try to say the character.
1: Sorry, I apologize, <laughs> for No, s- I did
0: the same thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, Butch's background.
0: So they hijack an RV that the governor has specially, like, ordered. I don't want to say right. ordered. Right,
1: Cl- Clinton is group. into uh, yeah. And it's
0: 1963, and they say they're going to use this RV for the president's visit. So there's a little wink and a nod to JFK. There are some Costner related Easter eggs in this movie. Yes. So there's one scene where they're walking down the road. Yep. Yeah. And on the side of a building behind them is a is an advertisement for Bull Durham tobacco. Yep. And I think there was one other.
1: If there was, I nod it. to
0: his movies, but I don't know if Clint Eastwood did it on purpose.
1: Well, there was a little bit of sort of cornfield thing that sort of brings you back to field of dreams he's
0: like mowing down this guy's cornfield to hide his car and so we kind of thought of field of dreams yeah that's it so those three so anyways butch and philip hit the road philip is all of eight years old maybe and he doesn't have a dad his mom is raising him as a jehovah's witness so His life is fairly uneventful. Like, it takes place around Halloween, and he doesn't get to go trick-or-treating.
1: Right. He ends up stealing a Casper the Friendly Ghost outfit. He gets to go trick-or-treating, thanks to Butch. Right.
0: Yeah. They do, you know.
1: Not the most friendliest trick-or-treating, but, you know. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But, basically, Philip has, for two days, a male figure in his life for a change. It's what makes so are you familiar with the term anti-hero yeah so i think in this clearly butch is the anti-hero we shouldn't want to root for him but we kind of are rooting for him because it turns out he's not that bad of a guy for anyone who's not familiar with that it's when the bad guy you're kind of rooting for the bad guy to win because his character is complicated enough the shades of gray are such that he's not all bad correct so in this, um, Butch is not all bad. And we learn about his young life. His mother worked in a brothel. And then something must have happened because he's the only other person that he killed in his life was someone who was hurting his mother. Right. And he goes off to live with his father in Texas. And that's when Clint Eastwood catches up with him when he's young. But,
1: but th- then his father was ends up being in Alaska, though?
0: Well, you're getting ahead of things. The father was a petty criminal in his own right. And Clint decides to teach Butch a lesson by basically having a judge throw the book at him and send him to juvie for four years on his first offense. And that really only makes the situation worse. And we're guessing by the time Butch gets out, the dad has gone on the lam to Alaska.
1: Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I think.
0: And so Butch is carrying around this postcard from Alaska that his old man has sent him, and that's where he is theoretically heading.
1: Right. He never makes it out of Texas.
0: Correct. I mean, spoiler alert, but this movie is 31 years old now. So, In the end, Butch probably gets something of what's coming to him. Not really, in my opinion. He didn't really deserve the ending he got.
1: No, the trigger happy uh
0: friggin bradley whitford who is a sexual pervert and a trigger happy piece of shit
1: right fortunately he also gets his uh Laura ass Dern handed <laughs> knees him in the nuts which was nice right after f clint eastwood chief red here decks him.
0: which he rightfully deserved yeah so basically the ending is that the, they've got butch surrounded Butch reaches in his pocket to hand Philip the postcard from his dad. And nobody up top knows that he's not armed, so they assume he's reaching for a gun. And rather than wait for Red to say, go ahead and shoot him, they just take matters into their own hands and shoot him themselves.
1: We don't know for sure that Butch actually dies. Because we don't see what happens after, fully.
0: Yeah, but... Given the location of that bullet hole, I got to guess he probably isn't going to recover. It basically hit him straight in the sternum. True. But yeah, you're right. When they when they zoom out, his, his eyes are blinking. So I guess in theory, he could have made it.
1: Yeah. You know, I mean, back, if we're talking about that time period, it's possible, but not
0: terribly likely. All right. So that is the plot of A Perfect World. Now, as we mentioned last week, if you... Go to Kevin's Instagram, and I presume his Facebook, although I didn't look. November 25th of last year marked the 30th anniversary of A Perfect World. And he does have some nice pictures of himself, Clint Eastwood, and TJ Louther, who played Philip um, on the set of the movie. So let's move on to our discussion questions that we like to get into each week, Gregory.
1: Well, of course, the first one is, did we finish it? And, of course, the answer is yes. The overall film, I mean, how did we feel about the overall film? I, I mean, had a
0: lot of feelings about the overall film. So I i have seen this movie before. Have I, you?
1: I had not seen it.
0: Okay. From your perspective as someone who didn't see it, overall, what did you think?
1: Oh, I think it was very emotional-filled movie um, that really brought up, I guess, a lot of the types of problems that were happening in that time period. With the whole scene, the the black family, that I mean, I'm not saying that that guy was a a saint or anything.
0: Well, why don't you tell people about that scene a little bit? Okay. So the overall theme here, I would say, is... Racism or r- racial violence.
1: Correct. In the South. Correct. So Butch and Philip, they basically ram the, uh, their car into the cornfield and were sleeping in the car. When this black gentleman, who's trying to do his farm work at night, comes upon them, they end up going into that guy's house to uh, sleep for the night. But in the ensuing morning... They realize the sort of the abuse the father is giving to his son.
0: It kind of flips Butch's switch a little bit to see this man abusing his child.
1: Which I think if if it's trying to play in, into the whole thing properly, they're trying to indicate that in the past Butch had this type of issue. Mm-hmm. And this is also why he connects so well with Philip. Mm -hmm. Or supposed to connect so well with Philip. Because
0: neither one of them, he says, neither one of us had a father that was worth a damn.
1: What happens basically is that Butch ties the guy's hands behind his back, ties his ankles, and I guess before that he makes, he has him say a very passionate I love you to his son to try and make up for his abuse before basically butch is gonna try to take He's him out
0: considering killing the guy right i think what stopped him well before what, what really stopped him right. but he said he wouldn't have done it anyway
1: right.
0: and i think it's because the little boy was there right he didn't want him to witness this and right. his wife was there
1: too. i thought it was the grandmother but whatever it doesn't matter
0: I saw that scene in a different way this year than I did 30 years ago. Um, I don't how, think... how
1: did you see it then? So different... like
0: this year I've been reading up it's Black History Month this month. and I just finished reading John Lewis's three- part autobiography called March. And when we learn about the civil rights movement, we get a very whitewashed view of history. A lot of whitewashed view,
1: completely.
0: I just, like, literally, I finished these books two days ago. When you read about the violence that they were under and the things that were going on away from the civil rights movement, but just the way that black people in the South were being absolutely terrorized. And I was watching this just thinking, like... Here's These people must be terrified that there's about to be a lynching because you have a white man menacing this black man with a rope. He does tie up the woman.
1: And the child.
0: Binds them with duct tape. He, he shuts their mouths because they're praying and he doesn't want to hear about that. This sort of thing happened all the time. And so to, it probably still does happen. Remember, it wasn't that long ago that James Byrd got dragged behind that pickup truck to his death. You know, this this shit goes on literally all the time.
1: Yeah, we haven't learned anything. No. I feel embarrassed being a white person and like really knowing all of the stuff that my brethren <laughs> um, have done to, to black folk over the years it, it just there's no way that white folk can ever give reparations to all the black folk that have been wronged um,
0: and the wrong doesn't stop right i mean so this is a very this is like 10 minutes out of two hours now i don't want to get too deeply into it but we can also talk about the sexism That was experienced by Laura Dern's character, Sally, who -hmm. is the lone female in this Airstream trailer full of men. She does get cornered by Brad Whitford, who tries to put the moves on her. Right,
1: Bobby Lee. Yeah, Bobby Lee, that's correct.
0: (laughs) He corners her in there and attempts to, you know, put the moves on her and... He harasses her pretty strenuously, sexually right. speaking. Clint Eastwood dismisses her as right. just some dumb blonde that the Chief, governor sent. yep. Even he- though she's, you know, a licensed and trained criminologist. And I, I thought it was gross.
1: Yeah. Um, and again, that type of thing happened back then. And it is still happening today.
0: And she had no power to get herself out of the situation with Bobby Lee because he literally had her trapped and she really couldn't get away or around him until Red shows up and is like, what the hell's going on in here? And gives him the boot. Right. So she really had to be rescued, which I would think is probably, I, I think that's accurate. Yeah. I've had circumstances. Where I haven't been able to get out of doing something for a male coworker that I would have not chosen to do of my own free will. Okay. Um,
1: I can't imagine that that aspect fully myself because, well, I'm a guy and it doesn't happen as much with a supervising woman making a a guy do stuff. It's unfortunately it is predominantly forcing women to do stuff that
0: I, I won't name names or give details but within the last year so between now and February of 2023 I had a male coworker come into my private office tell me that something upsetting had happened to him advance upon me and demand I give him a hug. I am not a hugger. I don't know this man. I was uncomfortable. Right. But I didn't really have a choice the door was between was behind him and he he grabbed me this is 2023 people so well, this now, shit happens right
1: now 2024 yeah this and-
0: shit happens so i say the year because i was in two different jobs Correct. So nobody will guess when and where this happened. Understood. So I think, you know, there was a lot of the women in the store where they go shopping, they had to behave in a certain way that their male boss felt was appropriate for his business.
1: Correct. And the happiest or worker got the bonus. Yeah.
0: So the friendliest woman right. would get a bonus every month. So I think racism, sexism were maybe not necessarily meant to be on display particularly in 1993 which it doesn't seem that long ago but it was significantly less enlightened times they Uh, were not the overall theme of this movie but looking at it today i think it's important to mention those two things
1: yeah yeah definitely
0: i think the criminal justice system maybe was a little bit on trial in this movie
1: Yeah. um, I mean, it's admitted, of course, as I think we said, that Chief Red had a part in getting Butch sent away, even though he hadn't done something that really deserved that long, a a stretch as a juvenile.
0: The system that was supposed to rehabilitate him made the situation worse.
1: Correct. And we still see that today.
0: In fact, I... think I was telling you there's one section of the prison where I work that I have to go into weekly and they have a sign on the board that says welcome back alumni class of 22 23 clearly it works so even the people on the inside know that the measures we are taking are not improving the outcomes of the individuals we are supposedly rehabilitating
1: right and you've mentioned to me before that you've run across a few of these inmates that are in for their second or third time.
0: Yeah, and the people that have worked there far longer than I have, I haven't even been there a year, but they say that you can look at them and know which ones are coming back. So I think, you know, the idea that Red thought he was doing the right thing, but clearly he didn't do the right thing by this guy right and, and he had some guilt about it
1: and i think he was trying to come to terms and i think that's part of the reason that he was trying to at the end there before butch got shot to sort of make up for for what he did wrong and that's why chief red was quite upset and punched out <laughs> yeah the
0: sharpshooter bobby lee right Do you think that the law enforcement response to this incident was appropriate? Like in the end, when they realized like, okay, Butch has been injured. He has been shot before the cops ever get on the scene. Right. He is bleeding profusely. He can barely walk. Right. And yet 30 or 40 cars ring them in this field. And there's cops everywhere. There are sharpshooters everywhere.
1: They fly in that helicopter. For
0: one guy. Right. That, by all accounts, was not really a violent criminal.
1: And I guess, in their defense, they didn't know. They knew he had a gun. And they knew that he had shot somebody. I guess it's hard to say. I mean, it. yes, we. they knew that he had been shot, so really they probably could have left a bunch of the cop cars behind and only needed a little contingent
0: today my god there'd be swat teams there'd be helicopters there'd be massive amount of guns there'd be it'd be wild so
1: correct and i think today i think they would have shot before even Asking questions, I feel that it's gotten worse in that direction. I think this movie sort of portrayed what you would hope is still going on, not counting the the sharpshooter shooting when he wasn't supposed to, but I think that I sort of have this rosy picture that it goes down more like what happened in the movie than what really happens in real life. Of course, I've never witnessed or... I hope I never do witness a incident like that, but there's far too much of it happening.
0: One of the things that I have had impressed upon me watching these earlier period pieces, including the bodyguard, is how amped up the cops are now compared to 30 years ago. I don't think I even noticed it happening over the course of our lifetime.
1: I don't think so. But it just went
0: from like, Batons to, you know, a revolver, stuff we saw in the Untouchables, those little guns, and then like pistols and things in the '90s, and now it's like tanks and AR-15s right. and all kinds of shit.
1: Well, well, think about like when we grew up in in school, there were security guards in the school. There were no metal detectors, at least where I grew up, and uh, I imagine where Kate grew up too, I think it's changed for the worse than better. I think it truly, it's turned into more of a presumed guilty instead of presumed innocent. Mm -hmm. And they're ruining some kids' lives these days by locking them up for a fight in, in school. I don't even want to go down that road. That's just another rabbit hole. But... It's definitely something that one realizes watching this movie and then thinking about what has changed. So
0: overall, I do think this film had really important things to say. Maybe it didn't intend to.
1: Yeah. Some
0: important topics of our time. Okay, number three. What did we think about Kevin's part as Butch Haynes? Um, We have seen him be a bad guy but we thought he was a good guy at the time is this the first time we've seen him as the bad guy well
1: as you said he is sort of an anti-hero
0: yeah daisy's nights was he really the bad guy not really no really no way out is the only time he was the bad guy and even then we thought he was the good guy until the last 10 minutes so is he convincing as a bad guy
1: well he definitely had like the texas accent down <laughs> <laughs> but bad guy
0: he had the tattoos uh, was it believable to you when he would tie people up or rough people up? He was a very
1: I've just seen him in two as being the good guy too much to really sort of it's it feels foreign seeing him in the, in this role.
0: I think even like when he killed his escape partner and the store owner came out and was like, Hey, what's going on? And he told the guy, like, Go lay down until we're gone. He really was a fairly gentle criminal.
1: Yes. And I think that part of that has to do with having Philip there.
0: That's true. He didn't want to traumatize that child more than he had to.
1: And because he connected so much to Philip that even though he was on the run and he was trying to keep from getting caught by doing these other things, he was very cognizant of... Philip and how it would affect him.
0: He knew he had these very sheltered, innocent young eyes upon him. Right. But at the same time, Philip wasn't totally unworldly. You know, he was living without his dad. And Correct. Well, how about when he was tying the black family up? Did that feel authentic to you? That's probably the worst behaved we've seen him be.
1: Yeah, I... It, I thought he did it okay. Yeah, I mean, it's to me it feels like such an un Kevin Costner thing to do. It, <laughs> it,
0: Objectively, I think he did a good job.
1: I can go with that.
0: I felt it in my bones basically when he was roughing those people up. Not the old lady in the farmhouse, or not the, not the the people in the shops and things. But I did like feel extremely stressed when he was when we thought he was going to kill those black people. And I knew he wasn't going to kill those black people.
1: Did you know it because you had seen the movie yes. before? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cuz I mean from my perspective, I didn't I didn't know. Did you
0: think he might?
1: Yeah. He was preparing to. And
0: He told the boy, close your eyes. Yeah. I thought because I somewhat remembered the scene, I thought maybe he was going to pistol whip the dad. I knew he wasn't going to kill him because I knew what was going to happen next. And that was how the movie was going to end, basically. Right. But I felt very anxious and scared. So I don't know if we're going to see him be the bad guy in other things. But in this particular thing, I thought, yeah, he did fine. He did a good job. A lot of the violence of this movie was glanced over. We don't see him shoot his co-conspirator after he hurts Philip. We don't see the guy from the prison get murdered.
1: Right. The really, the only shooting that actually we see happening is when Philip shoots Butch. Yeah. And then when the sharpshooter shoots Butch. He's
0: a lover, not a fighter. He seduced a waitress while they're on the lam. Apparently, Texas is a lonely place for single women. And.
1: Or at least back I thought event. it
0: was entertaining. Yana said to me, have you seen any movies... In which Kevin Costner has not had intercourse with a woman yet. I don't know that we have. Have we?
1: Well, he didn't get that far with this lady in this movie, really. That's true.
0: He got interrupted. Right. By his young friend. Ah, well, we we can skip questioning Sizzle Beach. He definitely did. Chasing Dreams, he wasn't in long enough. Night Shift, he wasn't in long enough. Francis, he wasn't in long enough. Stacy's Nights, he definitely did. He was a newly in table for five, so we can assume he was at some point. Right. Testament, they had just had a baby. Clearly, they had been up to something. Right. He was dead in the big chill. Shadows run black. Oh, yeah. That was the serial killer movie. Yeah. Well, he had a girlfriend. Right. We but... don't know what they got up to, but right. Fandango, no, we didn't see him do anything there. Jake as Jake and Silverado yeah yeah he was a ladies man american flyers
1: no he's no. busy with
0: his bicycle yeah untouchables he was pushing out babies left and right no way out definitely yes Boulderham definitely yes field of dreams trees. no didn't have any sex scenes that i recall right the gun runner
1: see how memorable it was for i
0: guess revenge yes dance of the wolves yes robin hood yes jfk probably not The bodyguard, yes, and now this one. So most of them, he's a lover. Let's just say that.
1: Yeah, so having him as a evildoer is really not Counter to what he does. Right.
0: Okay, anything else we want to say about Kevin's acting?
1: I guess not.
0: All right, moving on. Did this movie make you feel some kind of way?
1: Yes, because it did bring up a lot of, like, the quote-unquote, bad things that are transpiring for certain people and how messed up our legal system can be. And so maybe it wasn't Kevin himself being butch, but it was the movie overall. So I think that Clint Eastwood did a very good job on portraying a lot of this stuff. What did
0: you think about Chief Red's and Sally's reaction to... Butch is being fatally wounded by Bobby Lee. I found it confusing.
1: Why did you find it confusing? They were
0: both extremely upset about it. Now, Red, to an extent, I could sort of get it because he had been involved in this guy's life for a long time. And I think he really did want to help this guy turn it around to a certain extent correct but she was screaming hysterically and she goes running down to see what's going on after he's been shot and all this she didn't have anything to do with anything i really didn't understand her reaction to it
1: well remember she's she's done the whole background on but she knows all about him remember that scene where she's sort of being him and sort of going through his history she's studied him and maybe just that connection.
0: But can you be a criminologist and be that emotionally invested in the bad well, guys? Well, I
1: imagine you're not supposed to. But that doesn't mean it doesn't happen.
0: I don't know. It just felt outsized to me. Like, she's studying all kinds of criminals. It's her job. Why Why did this guy get under her skin?
1: Well, I think, and this is this is partly sort of the product of the time I think part of it was they were playing into the the women's role at that time
0: Mm, that does make sense she was emotional an emotional female
1: right and still thought that way today it's not that hasn't really gone away it may be a little lessened but not hasn't ever gone away
0: yeah okay Well, for my part, this movie depressed the hell out of me. I will say that when we shut it off finally, I just sat in my chair in the gloomy movie light that we created and I just kind of sat there and was like, oh, (sighs) like, what is the point of anything? I felt that way, whether you're good or bad, whether you're old or young, like life is a real crap shoot of a shit show yes that's what i took away from a perfect world
1: and i i think that some stuff that has been going on in our life as as our listeners know that we had to uh step away briefly because we have stuff going on that everybody's life has some shit shown us to it and that and that it's just unfortunately part of life that you you end up going through stuff and And some people do better at handling it than others. Uh, And I can't count myself as one that handles it well.
0: But what kept you from, like, Butch had a real shitty life as a young person. There are plenty of people who have similar upbringings. Okay. And they don't all turn out to be criminals. Correct. Like, what is the secret sauce that determines whether you're going one way or the other? I don't know.
1: I don't think anybody really knows. Is there an
0: answer? Who knows? There but for the grace of God go I, Greg, as they say.
1: But I think something I would want to ask Kevin is, how did it feel portraying Butch in this? Because obviously, Kevin, you haven't done much in the way of being the criminal You've mostly been, I guess, quote, quote, straight arrow.
0: On the other side of the law.
1: Right. Yeah. I think that would be a question to ask him. What about you, Kate?
0: What would I ask him about this movie?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, that's a good question. Maybe I would just ask him about some of the things that we've talked about. How it hits a little differently in 2023. And he is the kind of linchpin around which this movie turns and he himself is morally ambiguous in this movie and what does he think
1: right i mean how how would he view this in now 2024 i mean how would he feel about his character
0: five is would i watch it again you have only watched it once i can say yes because i've watched it twice now
1: (laughs) uh but would you have watched it if we weren't doing this podcast
0: You know, it has popped into my head a time or two over the past 30 years that I haven't watched it as a movie that I would have liked to revisit at some point. Okay. I can't say that I have ever acted on that impulse, but I could see myself watching it again, potentially.
1: Got it. I don't know if I could watch it again, maybe because of, like, the emotions that it brings forth, but I think that people should watch this and think about things, about, like, how things are being portrayed in the movie, and is that something that's still going on, and that type of stuff. I think that sort of like when we talked about Testament, how Testament could happen. That's something that could happen still today. There's a lot of stuff in A Perfect World that could happen today, and probably is still happening so i think that i can rate this movie a little higher because i feel like in some ways it stood the test of time with how things were back then but it's also still happening today
0: okay well i guess the only thing left to do is to rate it
1: you want to go first i'm or gonna I...
0: say this is going in the great for me so somewhere between an 8 and a 10 okay i have to think about it a minute I thought this was a really great movie. I'm waffling between an 8 and a 9. I don't think it was a 10. It could have been. I'm going to give it a 9. Wow. I don't know why I'm not committing to giving it the full 10, but I'm not.
1: I don't know if I can call it a great movie. Okay. I can definitely call it a, a really good movie, and that, as I said, it does sort of stand the test of time that... It brings up a lot of topics that are still happening, and it should bring up those topics. What would be my reasoning not to give it the same rating that you? I'm just trying to think. I don't feel like I should put it as close to a, a 10, but I can't really rate it low because there really wasn't anything that would, I would say that should make it rated low.
0: Maybe you just didn't like it. That's valid.
1: I think that I liked it, and it had its silly parts, but it was very serious. As it says, it's a drama, but I think the matters that it discussed were very dark. Mm -hmm. Therefore, you didn't really want to have a lot of comedy or that stuff in there. I'm going to go with an 8.
0: I was thinking you were sounding like you were hovering around a 7-ish, so... I can see that.
1: I'll give it an eight. And I think there were a few little minor things that I think could have been done a little better. Overall, what it brought forth was very, very powerful.
0: All right. Well, with that being said, that wraps up A Perfect World. Correct. What are we going to watch next?
1: Wyatt Earp. I do not know anything about Wyatt Earp. I have never seen the movie.
0: I think what I know about it thus far is that he was signed up to be in some other Western. And then he changed his mind. Now, I thought it would be fun. You and I have been having some discussions this week. And I thought it would be fun to let the listeners decide. We have the opportunity to meet... Two cast members from two different movies that Kevin has been in. In March, we could go to Toronto Con and meet Mary McDonnell, who was in Dances with Wolves. Mm -hmm. And in April, we could go to Steel City Con and meet Judd Nelson, who was in Fandango. I don't feel like we could really do both. I feel like we have to pick one or the other. And I think it would be a lot of fun... For our listeners to decide which one we should go meet, so we're gonna post a poll on our Facebook page for the next, let's say till February 29th. We gotta make a decision this month and see what you guys think. Should we go meet Stands with Fists? Should we go meet Angry Judd Nelson? I can't remember what his character's name was. I and- don't remember either. <laughs> <and Tanko. laughs> All right. Are we ready to leave it to the fates to decide, Greg? What do you think of this plan?
1: I, I think that that works for me.
0: All right. Well, with that, I think we'll wrap it up. We will see you next week with Wyatt Earp.
1: So long, folks. Bye, everyone. The Kevin Costner Project is produced by October 10 Productions.
0: Our theme music is Happy Acoustic Guitar Background Music by Music Unlimited via pixabay.com.
1: Audio clips included under fair use policies in our best accordance with U.S. copyright law.
0: You can find us online at thekevincostnerproject.com or by searching Facebook, Instagram, Twitter X, or TikTok for The Kevin Costner Project.
1: This podcast is not endorsed by Kevin Costner or his agents yet.